uh, recorded on TalkShoe. Nope, I, di I just started recording TalkShoe now. So okay. I, I didn't I didn't start the TalkShoe until I turned until just now. Okay. Um, good evening, everyone. This is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report. Thank you for tuning in for a special Tuesday edition. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. We're on uh, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify. And joining me every week as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. Greg, welcome. Not, Mike. Not much. Well, got some big news to report. I don't know if it's a, if it's a work or if it's a really true or not or when he's going to show up, but Cody Rhodes has supposedly from what I heard from you, I just found out when you had mentioned it to me, left AEW. Now, do you think the captain is leaving a sinking ship or what? Well, I mean, it's, he didn't just leave AEW. His contract ran out again at December 31st. So as of January 1st, as we mentioned, you know, over a month ago, he was a free agent. And that's why people are kind of, Wondering if he was going to be that "quote unquote" forbidden door entry into the Royal Rumble, so it's not like he just left AEW. Um, they just haven't been able to come to terms of an agreement on another contract, and he has decided to not re-sign with AEW. Wow, that's that's and Tony Khan, Tony Khan tweeted out and confirmed it that he is no longer with AEW. Wow, that's pretty interesting too, because he was one of the founders that got AEW started. Yep. So as was Jeff Chair as was Jeff Chair with TNA. Yep. And once he got it up and running and it was self-sustainable, he left. Um I mean, there are some rumors and things that I've heard that um I mean, I know the mainstream rumors are is that he could join WWE and appear as early as, you know, at, right after Elimination Chamber. Um, I also did read on a couple more far-fetched wrestling websites that Stephen Regal, which this is true, has started to file some trademark names of what could seem like potential wrestling company names and Cody Rhodes maybe pairing with him to try and start up yet another wrestling organization. Oh, okay. Well, like I said, those are ones that say um, that this year's WrestleMania is going to have um, – Randy Savage and Ultimate Warrior in the main event. Right. But like I said, they're far-fetched and they're really not credible sources. But once again, it was something interesting enough that I was like, oh, you know, well, I doubt it. But, uh, you know, if that's what he's doing, then, right. you know. Anything's possible. Yes. Now, do you think Cody and Brandy could be the shot in the arm WWE needs or – I don't think Brandy had. I, I haven't read anything about Brandy coming to WWE at all. Oh, because I saw one of the sites after you had told me that there was a picture of him and Brandy Rose walking. 
and it says Cody. Oh, yeah, she takes their husband and wife. Right, but it says Cody. show them walking. Yeah, because it said both of them have left AEW in talks yeah. with WWE. Well, no, I have not read anywhere that they're both in talks with WWE. Anywhere. I mean, I have four or five reputable, you know, connections to rumors and stuff that are, I mean, not 100% accurate, um, but more often than not, right. you know, are pretty successful with, with what they're reporting. And none of the five, and even some of the obscure ones that I go to, said anything any, about any interest from Brandy Rhodes. Um, I mean, she just had a baby, so, I mean, she's not that far out from giving birth. Right. Um, and they'll have some outside ventures that they're working on together as well. They have, you know, their show, Road to the Top, or whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, she's got other interests as well. So, I mean, she doesn't necessarily... I don't think it would be a package deal where he says either you're getting both of us, you're getting neither of us. Right. So if if uh, Cody Rhodes does come back to WWE, what show would you like to see him on? Oh, at the NXT. I don't care. Oh. I'm not, I'm not a huge Cody Rhodes fan. It doesn't matter to me what brand he shows up on. Um, and it would mean really just – it really wouldn't mean much to me unless we saw – after him, one, two, three more AEW quote unquote originals whose contracts are expiring and ending. Right. Um, quote unquote jumping ship and going to other organizations. Um, once again, just to, he was last week or was last week, um, not the last show he did, but the show before that, where I, I reported that Tony Khan was backloading his roster. Um, because there were talent that he had that whose contracts were ending that he may not be able to resign. Cody Rhodes is the first one, and are there going to be more after that? We'll we'll have to see. Right. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see how that's going to play out. So. Also, what, kind of, what what kind of impact do you think he'll have on the roster? Uh. Well, I think it depends on what show he goes to. I mean, if he goes to, you know, NXT, I think you'll see. Uh, he's not. I was joking when I right. said NXT. Okay. He, they're not. He's not going to reach him at WWE to go to the minor leagues. Right. He's not. He's not. I mean, if he goes, if he goes to SmackDown, then that would be, that would be interesting for for SmackDown to have somebody as. Uh, as a cat with a caliber of Cody Rhodes, I mean, he's he's Cody Rhodes. I mean, he's the son of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and you know he's former Intercontinental Champion, former Tag Team Champion. So he's not a he's not a walk in the park in the ring. I think. Uh, so, so where where would you fit him in on SmackDown? Um, I would fit no, him in. Roman Reigns. I would fit him in. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, maybe give him a, a a little bit of a program with Roman Reigns, but if not, I'd fit him into the IC title picture. Roman Reigns, come on, he'll he use Cody Rhodes as a toothpick. I mean, it, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see any 
realistic. Well, I shouldn't say realistic because, you know, wrestling isn't 100% real. Um, They would really, 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 really have to build up a strong storyline for me to believe that he'd be anything credible and other than just a name to challenge Roman Reigns. What about uh, what about uh, Monday Night Raw and challenging Damian Priest? That that I could see, I could see that. I think that would be uh, not right away. I, mean, yeah. I don't want to jump right in and jump right in and day one be in uh, you know a title picture. Right, give it some time. You know, I mean, if he's on if he's on SmackDown, I want to see him feud with you know the mid card guys or people to to build him up to. Um, be able to challenge for a title. Um, if he's on Raw, I, I want to see him compete with a Kevin Owens, a Seth Rollins, um, a Damian Priest, and AJ Styles to elevate him towards that, to re-elevate him towards that top level. Right. I think Isn't that a shame? I'm going to be honest with you. This is a shame right now. Maybe it's a shame on me, but I was just able to rattle off five <laughs> for Monday Night Raw which is quote unquote the lesser show of the two, and the only name I could think of when I was just thinking of SmackDown was Roman Reigns. Yeah, there you go. But I mean, you still have stars on SmackDown. You've got Sheamus, you've got Drew McIntyre, you've got uh, Sheamus, you've got Cesaro. You said Seamus twice. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't realize. I thought you were going to joke and say Seamus, Drew McIntyre, and then there's Seamus, <laughs> and then there's Drew McIntyre. And then you've got the Intercontinental I mean, Champion. Yeah, I mean, there's Happy Corbin. Yep. I mean, they do have, but like I said, off the top of my head, five, I was just able to rattle off with Raw, but with SmackDown, I really had to think about it because of how dominant Roman dreams. Roman Reigns is. Right. So maybe SmackDown would be a good spot for Cody Rhodes. Yep. So it'll be uh it'll be what they're gonna do with them and where oh. they're gonna put them. If they re- if they sign them at all. Right. So, right. But last night for Monday Night Raw, at the end of the show, at the end of the segment. We heard, well, they have an open spot, and I'm not doing anything Saturday. Why are we jumping all the way to the end of Raw? No. Okay. Well, because that was just stuck in my head. I mean, if that's what you want to do, then let's go. No, that's all right. That that was just stuck in my head. Um, Yeah, what did you think of Monday Night Raw? What were the highs and lows for you? Uh, I mean, it was definitely a show, in my opinion, that got better as it went along. There was a lot less in-ring promos or backstage promos than the week before. Um, And the first hour was, you know, 75% wrestling. Yep. So those those were the highs. Um, And then once again, the lows were, once again, it started out very poor and like i said it did get better but if you're the casual fan what they kind of gave you in that first 45 minutes or so even the even the age of styles damian priest match was a disappointment 
So if you're just a casual fan, that first hour did nothing to grab you and reach to grab you and pull you in to watch the last two hours. Yep. I agree. I agree. The um the first hour I thought was was pretty good. I mean, you know, you would even send me a message saying, you know, is this gonna be a commercial free? And there was a lot of wrestling, a lot of action. I, oh, I, I'll agree. I'll agree that there was a lot of wrestling, but I won't say there was a lot of action. Oh. Personally. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, I thought I thought the uh, the beginning of Raw was uh, was pretty good, and like you said, it did get better as the show went on. Because, like I had said before in previous shows, that it really must have been a good show if it caught my attention to stay up and watch the whole thing. So. I was just interested in a couple things we'll get to after as we go to uh, as we go through the the show itself. So, well, yeah. So the beginning of Monday Night Raw. I'm trying to remember what the first match was. What the, well, I mean, it had the promo, the yeah, opening segment, the opening segment. Um, where Lashley came out, that each of them came out. Um, so, I mean, do you want to take it from here? Or do you want me to continue? No, you can continue. So they each came out one by one. Um, well, first, obviously, last came out. Then the other four came out, Rollins, um, Rollins, Riddle, Theory, and then AJ Styles. And then it, it almost seemed, and that carried on for a few minutes, it almost seemed like that was going to be the end of the segment. Um, and then Bobby Lashley got out of the microphone, and in my opinion, I think I messaged this to you last night, um, really, really, really proved why he needs MVP for a mic because yep. he's just bad. It, it was bad. Um, it, to me, it sounded like <laughs> just a robot. It was very monotone. There was no <laughs> words or sen- or frag- fragments or sentences or anything. It was just I. It almost sounded like a caveman. I, Bobby Lashley, will not lose to Brock Lesnar. This is my brand. I dominate because I'm the almighty. Right. And then Brock Lesnar came down, jeans, tank top, cowboy hat. Um, you know, started to beat a couple people up. F5, body slam, suplexed um, Austin Theory. Took, you know, the selfie with Austin Theory afterwards, which got posted on social media all over the place. Um and the segment itself, as much as I like Riddle, as much as I love Seth freaking Rollins, um, as much as I like AJ Styles, eh, awesome theory, whatever, it, it, it fell totally flat for me. Um, the only good part of it, it was only the first 12 minutes of the show, not the first 20 to 25, right. like the quiz bowl from the week before. I gave it a DS and dog. Okay. I, um, I agree with you on some aspects. Um, I thought AJ Styles did the best on the mic during that whole during that whole segment. Yeah, Riddle was more worried about his RK Broga, I think, than anything else. Just, I, I thought it was just Broga party or Broga party like, or whatever. Was it RK? I mean, it could be RK Broga. I don't know. I mean, I heard him mention that a couple times, so I just figured that's what it was. Oh, okay. The RK Broga. And Seth Rollins, well, you know, Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins, whether it's on the mic or not. And um, 
Austin Theory. It's, you know, he really didn't say much. I thought it was pretty funny that uh, Brock Lesnar used him as a coat rack with the coat and the hat and everything. So I thought that was pretty funny. And, um, I'd I'd have to give the I'd have to give the segment a D as well. I mean, I didn't think it was it could have been it could have gone better. Oh yeah. And like you said, it was only about twelve minutes long, so it didn't cut into the whole beginning of the show, basically. Right. Then the first match of the night was Dirty Dogs um, versus Street Profits, and you can go ahead with this. Okay. Um... Good, good match. Uh, good tag team match. I was surprised myself to see Tommaso Ciampa show up, and you had messaged me. You know, could this be his his um, coming to the roster? And uh, I just, I, I thought it was a good match. Uh, the the Street Profits. It seems like the Street Profits and the Dirty Dogs seem to have the same kind of matches that New Day and the Usos have. You know, you have you, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of action, and the the street profits just seem to, you know, come away with the win, or whether it's a pinfall or whether it's a count out or disqualification. Uh, I th- I thought it was a it was a pretty good match. I gave it a C plus. Okay, um, this match seemed more to me like something just to further the story or start the story or continue the story between Ziggler and Ciampa than anything else. Um, it, it totally took a focus off of the actual match because of that. And in my opinion, you don't put the Street Profits against Rude and Ziggler to use the Street Profits as an afterthought. Yeah, you do that in what they used to do at Lucha House Party. You know, you, you do that with a makeshift tag team. You, you don't use one of the top tag teams in the, the company, not only the, not only the, on Raw, but in the company, to advertise the feud between Ziggler and Ciampa, or maybe a feud between Ziggler and Ciampa. It just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Um, it was short. It was there was real no flow because of how quick the match was. I mean, Christ, you know, if you went to the refrigerator and to get something to drink and came back, the match was over. And it was due to a, you know a chomp a distraction of Ziggler, and it just I gave it a D plus. Right. I really didn't like it at all. Um, it was way too short, and once again, it was just. You know, a, a match where just throw two single wrestlers together to put them against it so you can have the focus on Ziggler and Rude and Ziggler and Ciampa because it was a waste of time for um, the Street Profits. Right. Then on paper, we had um, what looked to be another excellent match between AJ Styles and Damian Priest. This time it was for the United States title. Um, and after last week's match, I had high hope for this match. And well, like the rest of the first hour, it just didn't meet, in my opinion, didn't meet up the expectations. Right. 
it was once again it was a very quick match. Granted, okay, it was give kudos to Damian Priest. It was a nice, clean, you know, quote unquote, quick win. But half an hour before that, or forty-five minutes before that, you just had a promo where AJ Styles was being presented as a strong candidate to possibly win the Elimination Chamber and go to WrestleMania to main event. And then you just have them wiped out in a six-minute match against Damian Priest and lose clean. Yeah. The match could have been better if it was longer as well. Um, I, I don't know if they were just early on trying to save time in matches because of, you know, some stupid backstage segments that they did wind up having later. Um I just, the match could have been as, as you know, strong as a B, but I gave it a, a, a C to C plus. Okay. Yeah, I definitely was disappointed. I mean, you know, the match that they had a week before, you know, when I saw AJ Styles versus Damian Priest, it's like, wow, this is going to be a really good match. And it didn't disappoint. And then when I saw this week that it's going to be for the title, I'm expecting, hey, the same exact thing that we saw a week before, and it just fell flat. You know, like you said, good. It was nice, you know, it was nice to see Damian, Damian Priest with a nice clean win, you know, not using the robes, no disqualification or, or anything like that, nice clean pin. AJ Styles just looked flat. I mean, I just don't know, you know, Maybe they, like you said, maybe they wanted to save time because, hey, the gauntlet match, we got that. That's going to go for a while. But I gave it a C minus. Okay. Um, I, I would have rather have had Damian Priest continue this vicious persona that he's developing and just start pummeling on AJ Styles in the corner and the red water stop and he doesn't stop and he gets disqualified because I mean when a, when a champion loses a lot of times he loses credibility but I think losing that way continuing to quote unquote strengthen this evil Damien or whatever vicious Damien would have helped him yeah and wouldn't have hurt AJ Styles as much as it did right then we had the handicap match of Omos versus who they're still, for whatever reason, calling the Hurt Business, um, of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Um, you get to go first with this one. Well, I know you're excited, too. This, this, this match went exactly the way I, I thought it was going to go. I mean, the WWE, and granted, he's seven foot three, he's 400 pounds. They're making this guy look like a monster. Nobody, nobody can, can touch this guy. And Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, I mean, they're they're no flash in the pans by any means. I mean, Shelton Benjamin is a former champion, former tag team champion. Um, Cedric Alexander, although he might be a little bit on the on the light side, you know, he can still hold his own in the ring. And they're just making Omos look like this big, huge giant. Where, you know, why don't they get somebody like? I, I know it won't happen because it's not scheduled to happen yet, but I'm just throwing this out there. Why don't they get somebody like Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar or something like that to come out and confront him face-to-face -face and 
give him some physicality and see how he handles it. I kind of figured this match was going to go the way it did. I gave it a, I gave it a D. Yeah, I'll, I'll fully agree with, fully agree with the grade. Um, this was a, once again a census three minutes. Um, you could have just not put this match on the card. You could have used Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin against the Dirty Dogs. I know you don't really do heel versus heel, but that's the type of tag team that you would put against Dirty Dogs to promote the the Champa. Um, Ziggler potential feud, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. D with the dog once again. And if you didn't use the five minutes total that you used on this for the entrance and the exits, that would have been five minutes you could have put in the AJ Styles Damian Priest match, right? Which would have been a much better match. Yep. Then we had what, in my opinion, um, the 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 show took an extreme, if not U-turn, an extreme, you know, 150-degree right-hand turn um, as we then had the gauntlet match. Um, I get to go first, so you can talk about your, your negative thoughts about this match <laughs> after me. Um, but I really don't have anything negative to say. Um, Rhea Ripley and then... Nikki A.S.H. started, and they were probably, I think, they were given the most time in the ring together at one time. Um, and, it, and it wasn't just a clean, you know, destructive sweep of Nikki A.S.H. She got in a little bit of offense, but then Rhea Ripley won. Um, then after her came um, Liv Morgan, if I'm correct. Yes. yes. She was the next competitor. And it once again, it, it looked a little bit of competitive at the time. And then Rhea Ripley, you know, got through her. And then I think the best match of the four that they had in the gauntlet match was Dewdrop and Rhea Ripley. Um, and I'm, I'm looking and, you know, at first I was really confused as to what they were doing. Doing with Dewdrop, having her be in that campaign with Eva Marie, but I now see why they quickly brought her from WWE UK or NXT UK straight to the main roster and didn't really ever spend any time in in United States NXT. Right. Um, I do see a, a lot of potential in her. Um, she, she's looking better and better in the ring every time I see. Um, and Rhea Ripley's quickly becoming a quote-unquote young veteran on this roster. Um, it's where it looks like she can work well with anybody and everybody in the ring. Um, I'm hoping this gives her a, um, a really good push in the future. Um, maybe another title ring, we'll have to see. And then it came down, she wanted beating Dewdrop um, with Riptide and then took on Bianca Belair. And the only part of the disappointment of the match, not that Bianca Belair wound up winning, because, I mean, after going through three other competitors and wrestling for close to 44 minutes um, and Bianca being really fresh, you kind of knew Bianca was going to win. Right. And then you had made a point 
that, well, I don't really want to go too much into it, but some of the expectations were that maybe this is when they were going to introduce the last member of the Elimination Chamber. So, you know, when, you know, um, Bianca Belair pins Rhea Ripley after the KOD, I'm kind of waiting and waiting for somebody's music to hit and then both to turn and look at the ramp to see somebody, you know, Santina Morella, I don't know, <laughs> but nothing happened. Um, so because of that, I'm going to give it a little um, deduction and I'm only going to give it an A minus. Okay. Uh, my take on it was I thought that was one of the greatest performances I've seen Rhea Ripley have in the ring since she came up to the roster. Um, her match with um, Nikki A.S.H. was was tremendous. I mean, both of them went back and forth, tooth and nail, um, and Rhea ended up getting the win. Liv Morgan, I uh, was kind of disappointed in that. I thought Liv Morgan would have probably put, I mean, I'm not saying it was a quick match and it was slouchy, but I think Liv Morgan could have put up a better performance and Rhea Ripley ended up, you know, getting the win on that. The Dewdrop match, I, I agree. That was the best match of the gauntlet match. I mean, especially when you have two, two people, two powerhouses in the women's division, because Rhea Ripley is a strong lady. Oh, yeah. And, yes. you know, when you got somebody like Dewdrop bouncing off the ropes and running into you and you don't move, you know, Dewdrop's a big woman. So, and then she gave her the riptide and pinned her. So I, you know, I thought it was, I, I thought it was the best match. The Bianca Belair match was, it was a good match. Uh, kind of figured, you know, like you said, after 44 minutes, you can see her tank was running low. And Bianca Belair ended up getting the win. And I was just like you, you know, where's number seven? Where, where's the last one? Where's the last one? And I even, t I even messaged you afterwards. I said, I don't think it was fair. How can you decide who the last person's going to come in the, the, the uh, pod or the, into the elimination chamber when you didn't have all the people in the gauntlet match? You were missing one. And that's what disappointed me about the match. I gave it a B because of that. Right, and that's where I was going before um, I gave my grade was your comment about that, um, about how can you, you know, designate the last person to enter when you don't know everybody that's entering. Right. And that, in, in my opinion, was my speculations why they were going to, you know, well, announce the last competitor for the Elimination Chamber, uh, but dot, 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 to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> then the next match was another tag team match. Um, it was the Alpha Academy taking on the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray. Go for it, Chip. Uh, where do I start with this match? Um, Dominic? Oh, sounds negative. Yeah, I mean, it started out slow. I mean... You know, the match got better as it as it went on. You know, Dominic is still improving more and more every day in the ring, I believe. Uh, and Rey Mysterio, well, Rey's Rey. And I knew that the something was gonna something was gonna turn on a dime just like that when Miz and Maurice showed up. 
and it was it was a match that you know I enjoy watching the Mysterios. You know they're they're quick in the ring. They 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 know their stuff. They're they're talented wrestlers. I I enjoy watching them in the ring, but I think because of the Miz, his involvement and Maurice, you know Maurice slapping Ray and everything else, and then Miz giving him the skull crushing finale. I I gave it a C plus. Okay, um, I did think a little bit more of this match than you did. Um, I mean, the Mysterios, I mean, whether Dominic is still a little, um, I'll say gun-shy on doing some moves, he is getting better, but he does work very well with his father. They are an above-average tag team. Gabriel Otis, I mean, I know it's only been six weeks into the year, but right now, they're the best thing going in the tag team division. Definitely on Raw this year. Right. Um, it started late year last year with their feud with RK-Bro. Um, where RK-Bro was on top, but I think they, you know, they're the king of the mountain. I mean, yeah, okay, they're the champs, but this match did a lot. Um, it, 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 in the ring, you know, you get to really see how well Otis and Chad Gable work together as well. Um, it's one of those odd pairings. You're like, why are they putting these two together? And then you're like, wow, they took a chance and it paid off. Yep. Um, it's not everything WWE creative does is stupid and nonsensical. Right. Nonsensical. Um, I think also with you know Maurice and Miz sitting ringside and Miz getting involved helps further the feud. Um, with Bray Mysterio, which once again we'll touch on a little bit later in the show. Um, I actually gave this whole thing, match, ring, segment, and everything, um, a solid Bism boy. Okay. Um, now there are two backstage segments. Do you want to go to those first and then the last match? Or do you just want to do the last match and then talk about the two specific Backstage segments. Let's go to the last match first and then the two backstage segments. Okay. Well, the last match was, once again, arguably the best match of the night. Yep. And when you just look at the two names, you really couldn't expect less. Yeah. Um, Randy Orton was taking on Seth freaking Rollins. Kind of odd that it's one of the few times that when you have a go-home show, for a major pay-per-view that's going to involve a multi-men, multiple men, that one of the competitors fights somebody that's not involved in the match. But Rollins took on Riddle last week, so he took on Randy Orton this week. And, I mean, this, like I said, arguably could have been the best match of the night. One of the better matches so far that we've seen on Raw yet this year. It was back and forth. Could have done without... The Alpha Academy distraction with Riddle coming out, Randy Orton almost getting counted out, having to come back in the ring at the count of nine, and then taking the curb stop, which for a brief moment I thought he might kick out from, but he got knocked, you know, he got, you know, put down by the curb stop, pinned one, two, three, and, and Seth Rollins took the victory, and the quote unquote momentum with this victory going in the Elimination Chamber match. Um, 
if once if once again, if not for just like in the other match, um, if not for that little outside interference, I would have given it a solid A, but I'm gonna give it that little um grade percentage to a borderline A, borderline A minus. Okay. Um, when I first saw that they were having this match last night, even before the match started, I said to myself, I said, Self, that's going to be the match of the night. Because you've got Randy Orton and Seth Rollins, two of the greatest WWE superstars on the roster. And you're not going to have a bad match between the two of them, regardless of who wins. Um, I wasn't surprised. I mean, if Seth Rollins won, if Seth Rollins did win, yeah, I was, you know, happy that he won. But if Randy Orton had won, I wouldn't have been surprised either, because you know, either one could have could have won. But let me ask you this: This is going to give Seth Rollins a boost going into the Elimination Chamber. If Seth Rollins wins the Elimination Chamber and wins the title. Do you see Randy Orton get back getting back into the title picture? I unfortunately don't see him getting into the title picture anytime soon. Okay. Unfortunately, um, with the tag team strengthening, the tag team division strengthening the way it is, um, I, I just go back to typical WWE where there'll be something between Orton and Riddle. And I mean, we very well could see that develop over the five weeks leading up to WrestleMania and see a Randy Orton versus Riddle match at WrestleMania. Yep. And I have to agree with you. I think the Alpha Academy getting involved with Riddle and everything kind of took something away from it. I think it really would have been a disappointment if Randy Orton had gotten counted out because that would have really took my excitement level down to who. Well, yeah. I gave the match an A minus. Okay. All right. And then there were two backstage segments. Um, the first one um, was this quote unquote budding romance between Dana Brooke and Reginald. And, and I see your hand on your forehead and you're like, damn it, we should have done the backstage segments first because now I got to lead off with this. Well, no, I, I said we'll do the backstage segments last because I knew you were going to lead out with this because you wanted to lead out. You wanted to start first with the other one, which is cool. Um, it was dumb. I mean, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I don't even know where to, where to start. Reginald ended up pinning um, Dana Brooke. You had sent me a message during that saying, oh, they're going to start a romantic angle between the two of them. And it's like, God, I hope not. And you can see Tamina and um, who was that? Tazawa. Tazawa. Tazawa was with her. And Our truth was the waiter. Our truth was the waiter. It, I mean, it it just got it just got stupid. I get I gave it a D. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm glad it ended the way it did because now obviously there is not going to be any romance um, segments anymore. Right. Where they were going, the relationship between Dana Brooke and Reggie. Um, Reggie pinning her. And then her sitting there shocked, 
you know, our truth Tamina and Tazawa kind of rubbed it in her face afterwards. Um, and then went running after Reggie. Um, and then the best part of the whole segment is the waiter coming over and asking her if she's sitting on a floor looking disappointed. Um, Will this be cash or credit? Right. I mean, that was the best part of the segment. Yeah. Um, the only other good part is as stupid as the belt is, is, well, now maybe we'll start to see it being defended a little bit at least. Right. That's the only good part. Um, but I, I agree with the Maybe I'll give it a D plus because I did chuckle at the end with the waiter coming up. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it was totally something that – was dumb. Right. Then we had the um, therapist segments um, between whatever the therapist's name is. I don't know if they actually ever said right. what his name was. If they did, I, I never paid attention to it. Um, and Alexa Bliss. And it was split up into different, different segments, but and once again, as each segment went along, she looked a lot less like twisted, you know, the evil fiend Bliss and looked more like Little Miss Bliss. Um, you know, they had the segments where the segment where he put all the stuffing and the ripped pieces of Lily on the on the little table, and at first she looked like she might go back to the evil Bliss, and she didn't. She just smiled, and then you know the stuffing from that Lily doll went into the new Lily doll, and this and that. And then, as you started to speak about earlier. Um, you know, she did the little ball thing. She moved one of them, so they go bounce back and forth. And she always wanted to do that. And then she mentioned that there was an open position um, in the Elimination Chamber match and then looked at Lily and asked her what she was doing Saturday. And then next thing, the graphic comes up where it's announced that she's the sixth person in the Elimination Chamber match. Right. Um, that whole therapist thing I mean like any other thing that they've done like that with a therapist or a psychiatrist or a counselor or whatever it may be they're always stupid the only part of it that was kind of interesting was every time they had the segments her persona was slowly starting to change right and even after the final one where she was cleared I'm still not fully 100% sure that she's not going to still have that split personality thing going on. Um, we'll just have to see how that goes right. um, from from here on now. Um, so, I mean, as far as the segment, everything goes, and her being the last person in the elimination chamber, I'll give it a straight up C as in cat. Okay. How, I mean, I know we talked in previous shows about, you know, possibly being Alexa Bliss, possibly being um, Asuka. I was, I was leaning more towards Asuka than Alexa Bliss. Yeah, absolutely. How, how surprised were you when it was Alexa Bliss? Because I know she's been one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, I mean... I'm not going to say I was shocked. I definitely wasn't shocked that it was her. Right. Um, a little, little confused, maybe, um, as to why 
it's her. Maybe they have something bigger and better or something else for Asuka. Um, every place that I've read, um, Asuka's been medically cleared to return. Um, and it was, well, why didn't, she show up at, why didn't she show up at the Royal Rumble? Oh, they're waiting. Maybe they're waiting for something. And then, okay, maybe it's Elimination Chamber. Oh, now they're waiting. So I don't know what they're waiting for. Right. Um, so I'm not disappointed that she's in it. Obviously, I'm happy that she's in it. But she's not a figure that's going to impact the outcome of the Elimination Chamber. I was just going to ask you that. I was going to say, do you think WWE is going to make her look strong in the chamber? Even though oh, she, she's I been think, gone for a while, she's a former champion. Right. Do you think WWE will make her look strong, like maybe grabbing a pin against Liv Morgan? Or well, that wouldn't look strong. It'd be, you know, that's equal. They're both about the same size, height, weight, and everything. Or maybe the only thing is, uh, the only difference is, is Alexa Bliss has a nicer butt and a little bit bigger of a chest. Yeah. Um, but you're not really going to see anything special because in Saudi Arabia, they're all going to be in long sleeve right. and long pants. Yep. So um, you're not going to see the butt cheeks hanging out of the shorts. Right. Um, but no, I mean, her pinning dewdrop would be something, or you know, or real. amazing. But I mean, I don't think she's going to be just thrown in there to look weak. Right. Um, She'll hold her but own. But I don't, I don't think she's going to be well, – I think it'll be interesting if at any point it's just her and Nikki A.S.H. in the ring. Yep. You know, or if it's Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., and then Alexa Bliss comes in the ring, you know, who helps who and who right. works who, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. I gave, I gave the segment a B. Okay. So – my overall grade for Monday Night Raw, I gave it a. In my in my opinion, I gave it a B minus to a C plus. Um, that, you know what? That that that's very fair. That's that's a fair grade. Um, and mainly because once again, as we both have said, the show started out slow, and then went up. Um. And really the only thing that brought the second half of the show down were the two segments, backstage segments they had. Right. But, you know, it gave opportunities for longer urination vacations. <laughs> yep. So, uh, before we get into the Elimination Chamber, will there be a Nuggies news? A brief one, yes. Okay. A couple of I just want to touch well, them real quick. We're ready for that segment of the show, so take it away, Greg. All right. Well, thank you, Trent. Um, I, I'm just going to just piggyback on the fact that Alexa Bliss is in the Elimination Chamber. Um, I also posted a video um, to our top row chat page today <laughs> that showed Lacey Evans um, competing against her daughter in handstands. Um, and she's in typical workout gear. Um, looks to be rounding out into really good shape. Um, there was also a post on Instagram of Bailey shown um, with one wrestling boot on, lacing up the other boot, which is on the leg that she had surgery on, um, did not look like it was a knee brace or anything, and then the caption underneath was, put me in coach, I'm ready to play. 
Um, Ostolino is right around the corner. Is Lita really back for one last run, or is this just a one-off between now and maybe through to WrestleMania? With all these things now, and Ronda Rousey recently coming back, are all these additions and these returns going to strengthen the women's division to bring it back to where it once used to be? I mean, obviously having a main event, a women's Raw title of Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair is is an excellent choice. And then obviously Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. But I think what's more important is having those um, auxiliary feuds. I mean, maybe Sasha and Bailey start the feud again. Um, you know, maybe Lacey Evans comes back on SmackDown and feuds with one of the two of them. Once again, on Raw, if you have, you have Asuka, Rhea Ripley, Dewdrop, Alexa Bliss, I'm really starting to get excited. And I think the return of all these wrestlers um, right now is the perfect time leading into WrestleMania. Yep. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm looking forward to Lacey Evans. I'm looking forward to Asuka. Looking forward to Bailey. Even when Sasha comes back, because you've got you've got options. You've got you know instead of seeing the same women in the ring with each other, you've got options. You could you could put Alexa Bliss against Bailey, Sasha against, or even Sasha against Lita, whatever show she winds up on. I'm just throwing names out there. All right, no, I understand. Do do we do I think Lita is is in it for the hall? Uh, I think so. Could it be like that Edge? One Edge had his is having his one last run. Could this be Lita with that one last run? You I, know, maybe it's a year long thing. I think, now in WrestleMania this year to next year. I think so. Yep. I mean, she looks good. She looks in great shape. Um, no baggy pants. So. Well, for the first time in a while. Yes. Yeah. But I think I think she's I think she's gonna be WrestleMania to WrestleMania, just like Edge. I want to see how she performs against Becky Lynch. Um, once again, that's this Saturday. Yep. Um, let's just stay with a couple more news and notes from potentially at WrestleMania. Um, we opened the show talking about Cody Rhodes, and if he were to re-sign with WWE, and I, you know, the same article that I pulled up. Um, tends to believe that he's already signed with WWE, and that's why he decided to announce that he's officially left AEW. And once again, in this article, they speculate he may make a return as soon as just after Elimination Chamber. But there's a few names on this list of people that could be good opponents for, um, I was going to say Matt Hardy, Cody Rhodes, if you were to fight somebody at this year's WrestleMania. So the first one they list is Drew McIntyre. Somebody to get that second level feud to build up to what could be the next competitor for either, they say either, Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I think it would be a tremendous match. I mean, you know, Cody Cody Rhodes, like I said, Cody Rhodes can 
can duke it out with it with the best of them in the ring. I would like to see Cody Rhodes back in the WWE, but where they're going to put him and what they're going to do with him is another thing. Okay. The next thing they have on their list is AJ Styles. Um, now, taking out the fact that we both love the idea of AJ Styles versus Edge at WrestleMania, how or could you buy into AJ Styles, Cody Rhodes? Yeah. I can also buy into a triple threat match between the three of them. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. <laughs> triple threat match. Stop. Or trios match. But um, no, I, I think AJ Styles and Cody Rhodes, in my opinion, you might not agree with me, but in my opinion, I think at one point could possibly maybe be a match of the year candidate. Could be. Could be. Could I think be. the two of them uh, would, would work well in the ring together. It would just be a great program. Yeah, and I don't ever, I know I sound like I talk negatively about Cody Rhodes. I don't doubt any of his in-ring talent. I really don't. I just, as a character, I never really found the fascination with him. That, that's where I'll leave that at. Okay. And then the last one, which is the one that they feel could be the best option, um, mainly because it's been reported that... This individual was supposed to start a campaign leading into WrestleMania against someone that's no longer wrestling with company. Um, and that's one Seth freaking Rollins. That would be that would be another AJ Styles type match, AJ Styles Cody Rhodes type match. Because Seth Rollins is just getting better and better and better. In the I would not be surprised. As much as I would like to see, and as much as I think Brock Lesnar is going to win the Elimination Chamber, I would not be surprised if Seth Rollins won the Elimination Chamber and became champion. So who am I going to pick in that match? I don't know yet. We'll have to find out for the prediction show. But I can definitely, I can definitely get behind Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. Um, and then the last little tidbit we have is also WrestleMania-related. Um, it was reported yesterday, and, and it kind of started to, I mean, it went all over social media, um, specifically during Monday Night Raw, that WWE is strongly putting pressure on Stone Cold Steve Austin to wrestle at this year's WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas. Um, I don't know why this article is not pulling up. Oh, anyways, I know what the article is about anyways. It's also being linked, and I think this is where that speculation really started to run rampant and really started to flow on social media was after Kevin Owens' little tirade on Monday Night Raw, where the weekend, be the week before, he was saying how much he loved Texas and how much Texas loved him, and now all of a sudden he basically pissed and shit on all of the state of Texas. Yep. So, what bigger entity to defend the state of Texas other than maybe the Undertaker would it be than? Steve Austin. So what are your thoughts 
on a potential match at WrestleMania 38, Stunner versus Stunner? Well, I think I think I would rather, as much as I love, I've loved The Undertaker for many, many, many years. He's been one of my favorites for many years. I, I, I said Stunner versus Stunner. Right, but I would rather see Austin come back than The Undertaker. Stunner versus Stunner. Right, it had nothing to do with The Undertaker. Right. This has to do with Stone Cold right. potentially or possibly being wanted to wrestle against Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I mean, I've seen Austin on his Broken Skull sessions, and he does look in shape. He does look like he's in great shape. Yeah. I think it would be a good match. Austin definitely, I believe Austin has the better stunner. He's been doing it, oh, yeah. he's been doing it yeah. longer. Um, yeah. But I, I think I would enjoy seeing this match if they put it together at WrestleMania. Okay. Um, and, I mean, don't take this, I mean, take it whatever way you want when I say it, but you could be in the best shape look of your life, but if your neck isn't any good right. to take bumps, and bruises, then I, I don't. You could you could be the most perfectly sculpted human being on the earth. It, it ain't happening. Right, just like just, um, I was going to mention that before. You know, he does have still those hidden injuries with the neck right, and everything. Right. So I'd be more. Uh, I think it would be more likely that it would be like an in-ring segment where maybe Stone Cold comes down or Kevin Owens is in the ring. I mean, somewhere doing something, a, a special KO show, or he comes down during the middle of the show on, say, night one to bitch and complain that he's not at, you know, not wrestling at WrestleMania and starts trashing the state of Texas. And then Stone Cold comes down, confronts him, gives him a stunner, and then a couple beer cans later, the segment's over. Right. I really don't know that. Quite frankly, I don't know if Stone Cold could pass um, the WWE doctors to get him cleared to wrestle. Right. I mean, his neck injury was supposedly, I mean, it, Worse than Edges, who came back. Mm -hmm. um, worse than Christians, who came back. But on the level of, of a page who still hasn't come back yet and hasn't been cleared by WWE doctors. But once again, with Daniel Bryan coming back, Edge coming back, Christian coming back, maybe he can get cleared for a one five-minute match right. um, with, a little, with a little stomping and, you know, and you know, not really taking too many bumps and bruises. Yep. Um, but that's Nuggies news for today. All right, great. Once again, good job, Greg. Thank you. Now we have the premier live event, the pay-per-view. Elimination Chamber from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I believe there's eight matches now. Yes, there are now eight matches. Okay, you had mentioned something yesterday. You had sent me a message about Rey Mysterio and Miz being a pre-show match. Well, no, 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 no. Once again, I, it's not a pre-show match. But when we were talking about the seven matches, I mean, something we always 
think about is what match on this card could they put as the pre-show? So I, I mean, kind of half-heartedly, and that's the only problem about texting and messaging. You don't get to automatically pick up sarcasm. Right. Like if I look at you right now and say, you, you dick, or I go, hey, you're a dick. You know, you, 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 just, you read it to whatever way you want to read it. Oh, I picked up some sarcasm on those messages you left me um uh oh hold on what's this oh no i'm sorry i just i just got an alert for a, a breaking news post from dave Meltzer. uh-oh he confirms okay ready for this breaking news just posted on twitter by dave Meltzer. breaking news Tony Khan and his family own 100% of AEW. Just in case you didn't know. No shit. Just in case you thought, well, I mean, maybe it's because some people think, I can understand it, that some people think that Cody Rhodes has ownership stake in the company. So, you know, him getting, you know, not signing with AEW, how can he work for WWE if he owns AEW? So, but I, so I kind of jokingly say, yeah. but that was a tweet that you didn't need to just put that out. Right. You know, saying, you know, Cody, Cody Rhodes does not have any percentage ownership in AEW. Right. would make more sense than saying Tony Khan and family own 100% of AEW. Right. Cody Rhodes was instrumental in getting AEW off the ground. He had no financial power. Right. He was a creative power. Yep. Um, but so back back to the Elimination Chamber. So when they announced that it was Rey Mysterio with Dominic in his corner, taking on The Miz with Maurice in his corner, I jokingly was saying, did they just add a, the, the pre-show match? <laughs> I mean, the last February, they didn't have a pre-show match at all. Right. He had all the matches on the main card at day one. Or Royal Rumble. Now, so they will all be on the main roster, you know, all on the main card. I don't think he, I don't think WWE. What? Eh, but then again, I'm just saying this. I mean, I don't mean it's going to happen. I don't mean it to sound bad, but I don't think WWE would put wrestlers the caliber of Rey Mysterio and Miz on a pre-show match. That's why I said it jokingly. Right. I wasn't serious. When I said it, yep. I, I need, I guess maybe on some of these things, I need to put like an LOL or a, a laughing emoji after the end of my statement. Because um... I really think, I honestly think um, of, of the seven matches that they have here, if you were to move one to the pre-show match, hands down, I, I think it should be Roman Reigns and Goldberg. Because I have no interest in seeing that match at all. Because if I, you know, every time I see Goldberg in the ring um, and see this 55, 56-year-old man that's in as good a shape as him look physically worse than this one-legged, 250-pound, eight-and-a-half man, I found out the other day that doctors have lost a half an inch in height, um, then, you know, it's one match too many. All right, let me ask you a question. Sure. Roman um, Roman Reigns, Brock Roman Reigns, 
Goldberg or Men's Elimination Chamber to close out the show? I, I think Men's Elimination Chamber. Once again, it's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And and no spoiler, but they'll open with one, and they well they should open with one, right? And they should close with one because I believe that's going to be my my op- my first match. Not sure yet. But what um, the men's chamber? Huh? The yeah. men's chamber? No, the elimination chamber. I don't know which one yet though. But I well, mean, I mean, at the Royal Rumble they did throw us a swerve. Yeah. And start with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Yeah. That's so true. they could start with Roman Reigns Goldberg. Yeah. Have him open two straight pay-per-views. Because yeah. once again, like I said, and it basically manifested last year at, at, at WrestleMania weekend when Sasha and Bianca were closing out night one. If you're not last, I think you want to be first. Right. So if they decide that the men's elimination chamber is going to be last, why not? St- I mean, I mean, granted, I know it's noon our time, but it's eight o'clock their time. I mean, Goldberg's got to be in bed by nine o'clock, and that's <laughs> typical bedtime for senior citizens. <laughs> but uh, now. Let me ask you another question. Do you are you surprised that they haven't started some kind of interaction between Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre just yet? No, because there's nothing right now on the schedule for Drew McIntyre Roman Reigns. That's well, depending on where you read and what you looked at, that's expected to be the feud. Drew McIntyre is supposed to be the next up in line for the title okay. after Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Or they're saying that Drew McIntyre will kind of insert him into a little feud between Elimination Chamber and um, WrestleMania. But I don't see that happening with this feud with Corbin and, and Madcap Moss. He's still, yeah, he'll be fighting Madcap Moss again, but the end game is going to be Drew McIntyre happy Corbin. Yep. So I think you can forget about anything between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns until after the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar drama is over. Yep. So. Um, yeah, so if you want to go over the eight matches that they have for uh, Elimination Chamber right now. Yep, absolutely. Um, once again, the match they just added is a singles match. Um, it's Rey Mysterio um, taking on The Miz. Then we have a tag team match. Um, Ronda Rousey and Naomi taking on Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Ooh, we have the um, Falls. Oh, geez, sorry about that. Falls count anywhere match between Drew McIntyre and Matt, Matt Cat Moss, who will have Happy Corbin by his side. We have the tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions: The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, versus the Viking Raiders, um, Eric and Ivar. The Raw Women's Championship: Becky Lynch defends her title against Lita. 
Obviously mentioned Roman Reigns defending his universal title with Paul Heyman in his corner against Goldberg. Then we have the um, two Elimination Chamber matches. Ladies first. It's Lynn Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., the newly announced Alexa Bliss, and the last one to enter the match, Bianca Belair. Um, and this one is for the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. And then, of course, we have the Men's Elimination Chamber for the WWE Championship as Bobby Lashley defending against Brock Lesnar, Seth freaking Rollins, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. Okay. And that is this Saturday, 12 noon our time from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Yep. Um, definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to that pay-per-view because I don't have to rush home from work and say, oh, shit, I missed the first two hours. I got to rewatch. I got to watch it again on the replay. But um, I think... See, you're off Friday, Saturday, Sunday again, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to be a good pay-per-view. I've never seen I've never seen a bad show from Saudi Arabia. You know, the crowd is in it. The crowd is into it. They usually get like 50, what, 50, 60,000 people. I think they had it the last I'm one. Not, I'm not 100% sure how much that arena holds. Um, the Jetta Superdome. Let's just look real quick. Capacity 35 to 40,000. Now that's without the floor seats? That it all it says is capacity yeah. thirty to forty thousand. Okay. I mean, typically when when you show when they show a setup in a place like that, it, it's almost as many seats as you gain by floor seats. Yeah. You lose because of the seats you can't use because of the big Titantron and everything behind yeah. there. It almost seems to equal out. Yeah. Well, from the matches that you just went over, I'm expecting a very very good showing and a very good pay per view. Uh, I think there's going to be some surprises. I think there's going to be some well, holy shit without moments. Without giving away what you think your official surprise, like what, like what type of surprises are you? Like um, maybe like wrestlers. Maybe after the yeah. maybe after the elimination chamber, when the winner is declared and they raise the chamber. Maybe Asuka comes out. Never know. In the men's. Why? Uh, just... Why? Why would Asuka come out? She's not the champion. The winner of the match gets to take on the champion at WrestleMania. Well, that's just a, a thing that I was thinking about might happen. Okay. Um, the only thing I don't like about the chamber from last year, even though it wasn't in Saudi Arabia, but we did see the elimination chamber, is they put the mats down on the on the floor of the chamber. Whereas the, yeah. very, the very first elimination chamber was all steel. Yep. Because I was watching them before. And live more. Yeah, they weren't. I don't think. I don't. Were they? Were the? I don't think the chain link part of the cage was as loose as it seems to be now. Right. It, it almost seems like it, it's almost like, I don't want to say elastic, but like, you know, 
a loose a little bit so you bounce off of it, don't more, crash into it. More pliable. Yeah. Um, Liv Morgan made the great comment that if anybody knows what it feels like to get in the elimination chamber, it's her. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so like I said, our prediction show is going to be uh, Friday for um, elimination chamber. Definitely looking forward to the to the pay-per-view. Um, if you had to pick right now, which match do you think would possibly steal the show? Um, uh, I mean, I, I want to say the men's elimination chamber because of, like, Rollins, AJ Styles being in it. But I, I'm just back in my head. Um, and my back of the head hasn't been too well this year because <laughs> I'm in danger of finishing um, as the caboose in our prediction show um, tournament that we had when winning two out of the last three. Yep. Um, and uh, it, it's, you know, just haunting to me. Um, but I just, I'm afraid that it's going to be uh, Bobby Lashley, Lesnar dominated elimination chamber. Um, so I'm actually going to go with the women's. Yeah. That's I'm the- really excited to see, you know, the potential of what, what those six women could pull off. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that one has the possibility of stealing the show. Because you've got some tremendous women wrestlers in there, tremendous athletes. And if the Elimination Chamber is a third of the gauntlet match last night, it's going to be a great, a great match. Because I, I enjoyed the gauntlet match. So, all right then, Greg, anything else before we close down tonight? No, nothing else that I can think of. All righty. So, want to, you know, thank everybody who's going to be listening to this and, uh, don't forget, we're on Spotify, Google Podcast, TalkToYou.com. We're so much more than just Spotify, Google Podcast people. I mean, I, I know I've sent the list of trip many times, but there, there's about nine different um, podcast forums that we record on Anchor, and then it distributes to right. eight other um, podcast forums. Yep. So you can find us wherever you listen to your normal podcasts. You can find us. Absolutely. So, on behalf of the notes to Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report saying thank you all, and we'll check you out this weekend.